On this week's episode, we break down over Silver Linings Playbook. Why isn't a Krabby Snack count as a homemade? Is love the cure for all mental illness? And did Stan Lee see any Excelsior residuals after this movie? Find out now you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 24 Flames Per Second. I'm Robert Spiewak. Welcome to the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And this week, we run into 2012 Silver Linings Playbook, everybody. Um, I don't remember why we picked it this week, but we're doing it this week, okay? Uh, just like Oscar anticipation? It's already over at this point. Uh, the Oscars have happened. We already know the winners. We have to we go know back the to the other Oscars. Yeah, Bradley Cooper... Uh, Did he win? Remains a Tell us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, everybody, welcome to the show. Excited to talk about mental illness. Am I right? (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, we're uh, just jumping right on in. And um, one quick thing to plug before we introduce everybody. Um, There's a new episode of VH Quest that just came out um last week uh over on their um podcast which is another show under party fish media it's like vhs collectors and culture so um if you have any nostalgia for the 80s at all and or the 90s um go and uh check it out you can just search vh quest in your podcatcher um and our good buddy ben scott uh hosts that show with his with our other good friend mike graves and, um, yeah, there's some good stuff over there if you go check it out. Um, you don't have to tell them we sent you, but if you do, I won't, I won't be mad at you. Um, but, um, yeah, great. Let's, uh, let's dive into the rest of our show, shall we? Across the table from me this week, the Jake to my Pat, Kevin Connor. Hey, Robert. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I was a little scared at your intro because you didn't tell me you were going <laughs> to yell at me. And now yes. I'm a little nervous. I forgot what I was going to say. Just so. doing what yeah. Jennifer Lawrence did. Okay? It's true. It's true. <laughs> she didn't tell him as she was running around behind him. So <laughs> This is also true. And I'm excited to get into it with the, the roasters <laughs> and the defense on whether Jennifer Lawrence actually told him beforehand. Uh, oh. <laughs> did you watch the movie this week? I watched 52 minutes of this movie. Not mm. quite halfway. No. I <laughs> No, so close, so close. It's the first fifty-two minutes. Um, so <laughs> I watched a random fifty-two minutes in the film, but I have seen it before, so I think I can fill in the gaps. So I think I can hang with with these these folks. Right on, great. Um, yeah, what do you say we introduce these folks? Let's go. Um, let's start with the roasting panel this week. Uh, to my left, video game, self-proclaimed video game journalist. Uh, find her on social media at Skatie B. Katie Bennett. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's good, good to have you back. Yes, thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. And next to her, first time on the show, stand-up comedian and host of Leafly's podcast, The Roll Up. Find her on social media at Alyssa Yo, Alyssa Yeoman. Uh, hey, how, how's it going? Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Good to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to yeah. be here. Um, but yeah, how how y'all doing? 
Good. It's good. good. We, we've got beef. Yeah. We're ready beef. We're running, ready to running theme of our show. <laughs> <laughs> the emerging season two. Season Lots two red. beef. <laughs> Welcome to the beef season. Um, but yeah, great. Good. Good to have you all here. And on the defense this week, Seattle Cinephile. Find her on Instagram at SandraC33, Alexandra Calero. Hey. Hi. How are you doing? Um, I'm uh, feeling a little underprepared. No. <laughs> but I'm happy to be back. Well, <laughs> if you can get at least a 5 out of 10 okay, on yeah. our show. <laughs> but the Eagles are already you'll out get, of the playoffs. Yeah, you'll get that, you'll yeah. get that old man's money. I think you need to adjust your mic to just face slightly a different direction and yeah. then that'll... What? That's... Oh yeah, the, the luck. The, oh, the luck. Just, the luck. Oh, the luck. Yeah, yeah. Go. You know, got to line it up my, exactly. You know, my, I was just like, wait, it looks fine to me. What <laughs> are you? <laughs> to be clear, you brought Bradley Cooper for good luck, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay, yes. he doesn't have a mic. It's really awkward, yeah. but trust us, he's, he's here. here. Yeah. He's happy he's for here. the break. He's smiling yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, he's in character, Mister. Yeah, he hasn't quite gotten it. But yeah, great. Alexandra, you've been here before. You know the drill. Let's start with movie in a minute. Um, give us the full plot synopsis of Silver Linings Playbook. Spoilers and all. Okay. We need to know the exact scores. All those teams oh, win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we don't need to know that. Just say know. Deshaun Jackson a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I'll give you a three count and then you're off. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Right on. Okay, so in three... Two, one, go. Pat is released from a mental institution eight months after uh, having an incident with his uh, wife's lover. He moves back in with his parents and vows to improve himself to win her back. He meets Tiffany at a friend's house and the two bond over shared medication history. Um, uh, oh God, I already lost my train of thought. Um, he asks her to deliver letters from him to his wife, and she agrees on the contingency that she, uh, he help her uh, with the dance competition, uh, which he reluctantly agrees to. They start to uh, meet every week or weekend to practice, and kind of a friendship uh, blooms from that. Uh, local dance competition comes up, and due to a bet that Pat's dad makes, they need to score a five out of ten to um, five out of 10, and the Eagles need to beat the Cowboys for the dad to win the bet. And you're at it, <laughs> oh. And they, does it happen, Robert? Oh, God. Yes, the they, they, the parlay. <laughs> um, yes. All okay. the, the parlay, yeah. yeah, they win the bet. They win the double bet. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, just to wrap it up, uh, there, there's, yeah, there's the whole thing with the ex-wife. He goes and whispers to her that something in her ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's also the letter that Tiffany letter. wrote to Pat in response yeah. to Pat's um, letters, which yeah. I forgot. Yeah, the <laughs> plagiarism, the forgery, or yeah. whatever. Forgery. You want to call I'm it. seeing the signs. Yeah. Anyways, he gives, and then he only gives, one person. He chases Tiffany that. down. <laughs> she leaves because she's yeah. like, "What? Hey, you didn't fall in love with me? You, ah, damn no. it!" Um, and so he, verbatim she, quote. She leaves, and he runs out of the building to find her, and gives her a letter, and she's like, "You give the letter himself." And uh, turns out he wrote her letter oh, that man. ends in "I love you," oh. and then everyone lives happily ever after. Watch every movie. Sunday, watch. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole movie, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, 
Nice. Well yeah. done. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Your that was good. <laughs> yeah. Very um, But um, yeah, great. So um, we're going to take a quick little break, and then when we come back, we'll get your opening statements and why you're here defending Silver Linings Playbook. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Alexandra, you yes. just failed movie in a minute. I did. Tell us. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, second time now. It's a brutal <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'll go. I'll just, yeah, I'll just, you know. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. There's no more defense. She has left. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Um, and so now, uh, let's get your opening statements. Why do you like Silver Linings Playbook? Um, it... Among other reasons, it reminds me of the old kind of 1930s and 40s comedies that I grew up watching. Um, There are significantly more F-bombs, obviously, dropped in this than there are in those 30s and 40s comedies. Um, But I, I appreciate that it's kind of just a simple story of two people trying to work through their issues and connect with somebody um, and finding somebody who understands their issues and isn't uh, condescending to them or isn't trying to fix them. Um, I do have some issues with the way the, uh, with the way mental health is portrayed in the movie, but I also appreciate that it isn't heavy handed with it in the sense that there's something wrong with them and they can't function in society. Um, that the idea is these people have found what works for them and it might not work for anybody else, but it works for them. And that's how they're going to kind of get through life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right on. Very good. Um, and so roasters, uh, let's turn it over to you. And I think a, a pretty good place to start is just with these main characters with Tiffany and Pat, because like really like the whole movie, there's not much in terms of B plots. Like it's kind of all them. Right? right. So I don't know. Let's based on what she was saying, like, why don't we just start there? With these main characters. I feel like Pat is pretty much the only character that has any dimension. And then um, Tiffany is nothing but like a care, like a device for him. And he's just incredibly, and I get that he has mental illness. So there's just this incredible level of selfishness, selfishness that's happening. Um, but everybody's just like, oh, it's okay. It's just like Pat being Pat. He's back. He almost killed a man, but we're happy you're back. Eagle. You know, it's like fine. Let's go Eagles or whatever. And I just am like, come on. There's just like no sense of accountability. And I think stripped down, it's just a typical rom com that you can see com- coming. But then they're like, oh, but they're mentally ill. So doesn't that get your heartstrings a little bit? So. Yeah, that's how I feel about those characters. <laughs> I, I think no matter how you feel about this film, good or bad, it is kind of something, 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 go Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's Catch the, the end of the movie. Yeah. Game I'm day. diagnosed bipolar, go Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I wanted to know a little bit more about Tiffany, and I get that, you know, Pat is our protagonist, so it's going to revolve more around him, but I just feel like... What is that meme that's like, it's the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl is like a depressive demon nightmare boy, and I kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, feel yeah, like that's yes. what they were going for here. Wow. <laughs> so, I don't know, I just, I would have liked to have gotten to know her as a character a little bit more, because it was hard right. for me to relate and really, like, understand the motivation mm-hmm. behind some of her. And they just heavily relied on, like, she's hot. Yeah. Like, oh my god, like, that for a while in the movie before you're like... 
And Jennifer Lawrence is a great act. Oh, I mean, am I not allowed to say positive things about her right no, now? No, you okay. can't. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. If it fuels but, your negative but, um, opinion, sure. Yeah, but it's just like, I feel like it's just, if it had, yeah. I, I do think like the first like three conversations that they have, he starts off with some version of you're hot. Like, you look yeah. nice. You look really good. Yeah. Like, you're hot. Like, I, I do remember right. that. Like, and that, like every that person who comes thing. in and meets her for like, the first time, that's like exactly what it goes to for us. Yeah. And then, like, her mental illness itself then manifests in this way where she's like, oh, yeah, I fucked all my coworkers. I'm hot I, and promiscuous. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, which yeah. felt cheap to me. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um,. In terms of Tiffany, I would actually have to agree that I wish there was a little bit more substance to her. However, um, I think for the plot device that she is, I think, you know, she fills the role that she's supposed to do and she does it well. Um, you know, the ability to motivate Pat to see that there are other women in the world than just his wife. Um, as for Pat and the whole no consequences things, I, I think that's kind of a mischaracterization of the movie because for one, he cannot go back to his house. He cannot go back to his wife. He cannot go back to his job. And he got signed out of the hospital by his mom, even though the court and the hospital are like, no, you shouldn't. And he has to live at home with his parents as a presumably 30, you know, something, 40 something year old man. And there's that cop that is constantly checking on them because they know who he is and um, his history. And the fact that he's immediately arrested at that Eagles game when he gets into a fight. And it doesn't matter that he was jumping in to defend somebody. I mean, violence is never the answer, but um, there isn't a, a, an immediate dismissive thing that would happen in other movies where it's like, oh no, no, it's okay, Pat. You know, it's like, dude, you cannot keep behaving this way. You cannot do that. And um, the fact that the cops are aware of his meltdown at the um, therapist's office when they play the song that's a trigger because the therapist wants to see, you know, does this, you know, song still get to you? I think that there's a lot to him that is kind of, you know, portrayed subtly. Um, but I, I would say that there is definitely consequences for his behavior. I mean, yes, the movie kind of wraps up nicely with them getting together and, you know, um, they're in love, but I think that, I mean, that's the point of the movie. I think, you know, it's when you have a, a romantic movie like this, you kind of have to, whatever you throw into it, just get to that inevitable ending that is standard for these movies. And how you get to it, you know, is not going to be the straightforward Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan way because these people are, <laughs> you know, they have other issues than, you know, being white and employed. Um, <laughs> I love Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. I, I do, no, 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 don't get me wrong. Silent, I do, I silent, yes. <laughs> I do too, that's but that's all. We are not life. roasting Tom Hanks or Meg Ryan here. Not in this house. How dare you? I'm, I am a huge fan. Yeah. I am a huge fan as well. And just saying, like, if you look at the plot devices yeah, in those yeah. movies yeah. versus yeah. the plot device in this one, yeah. there's more meat on this bone than those. And, and also, like, uh, you're talking about a lot of the consequences, and there's like a lot of legal ones, right? In terms of, like restraining order, like a, a, a oh, ton of yeah. that stuff. Um, but also, there's just like 
early in the movie, he like walks down the street and everyone's looking out this window before he even does anything when he's back. Uh, and everyone's looking at him and kind of like you feel that pressure and that's the more, one of the more subtle things and I'm not so sure that the movie indicates that that gets better even if his, even if he personally might and that's up for debate so I, I think I think there there's things that aren't shown and hit upon just like we don't see a lot of uh, the the beginning stuff that we're thrown into. So well, I, I think, think that's an interesting. I think in terms of that stuff, the the way the neighborhood and kind of the people around him react to him, part of that is that the movie ends where it does. But also, I think that those people are supposed to be a reflection of society who don't understand mental illness and just make an assumption about somebody's behavior mm-hmm. and don't understand that you know he's put in eight months of work. He has a game plan for trying to work through his illness, whether it includes medication or doesn't, he has, you know, he ha- he knows he's got to go to therapy, but he knows there are other things that he needs to do to be able to keep himself out of, you know, the extreme consequence of jail or um, inpatient uh, therapy or, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital. The hospital. Yeah, exactly. The ho- um, So... The fact that you have those people that are always kind of just jumping to an, um, an assumption or a conclusion about him based on the one incident that they are aware of, I think is very indicative of the way we as society view um, people with mental illness. We make an assumption and we just kind of label and we don't go, well, this might have been a one-off thing and we don't know or care to know any of the steps the person is taking after that to never have that happen again. Mm-hmm. And and this movie did get a lot of accolades for its portrayal of mental illness, and I'd like to I'd like to hear from like the roasters whether they agree mm-hmm. with that. You know, it's been a little bit, a little bit of time since uh, the movie has come out. There have been uh, since this movie came out. There's been this kind of like movement to portray mental illness. So I'm curious if it holds up. If 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 you're if you're on board, or if that's something that's a roastable part of the movie or not for you for you too. Um. I think the biggest issue with his mental illness is his relationship with his therapist to begin with. Um, yeah. No therapist is going to play a song that could possibly trigger you. I was like, that's as you walk in, It was just really irresponsible. And then it's like, oh, hey, we're drunk at this game together. Let's do this thing. And essentially him stepping into that moment was, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, yeah, his therapist there. I thought that was really strange. I think it, yeah, I don't know. What's well, your... yeah, the, the whole, the, his whole... Every time he was with the therapist and the therapist trying to give him advice, it kind of felt like his professional advice was just do it. Just like fix yourself. I didn't feel like he was uh, very like empathetic or I don't mean, I don't know. I personally don't have a whole lot of experience with like therapists, but I imagine that most of them are a little bit more... um, have a little bit better bedside manner than right. he did. <laughs> His therapist straight up is like, go ahead and use that other girl to get your wife back. And yeah. I was like, that seems like the most healthy <laughs> diagnosis or like reasoning you can give him to do that. Like, like, why aren't you like, hey, maybe you should evaluate yourself. Maybe your wife's never coming back. Which he tried to say, and he's like, let me just go this other way. She'll see you doing great. See you fucking someone new. She's going to want right back in there. So. And he like put that whole office and his staff in danger by playing a song that is known to trigger violent, violent outbursts by someone with right. no, no backup plan in place, it seems. <laughs> and he, and Didn't even was, bolt the furniture down. 
<laughs> With, and not really see, telling the the person in the, the receptionist or whoever, right? Yeah, she oh, seemed yeah. like she did not know that was going like, to happen. What? Right. It's like, is this his classroom? You're or employees. Yeah. You gotta yeah. Yeah. They're like on an episode of What Would You Do? Like, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I, I think that was my biggest problem in the portrayal of mental illness to begin with. And I think just, yeah, I think that was what I found lacking. And then mm-hmm. the fact that they kind of linked it to the dad, but then, like, the family knows this is happening. And then there's also this layer where they're never talking about it. Um, yeah. Which I don't know if that's that could be realistic or not. I think that definitely depends on your own family dynamic. But I thought that was interesting to have this big open thing where you pick someone up from this hospital. And then it's like, well... You, you know, nobody say anything. Um. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, obviously we know just from watching that the story continues after the credits roll. It's not like the universe ends there. But for me, it felt like the ending was just so, and now everything's okay because they're in love now. It's like they're magically cured of their mental right. illness. Who needs where, Xanax when like, have love? Exactly. And it's <laughs> like, I, I, I wish that there would have been some sort of, whether it be like a narration or just some sort of conversation of just saying like, hey, we're still struggling. Like we still <laughs> yeah. have bad days. But no, it's just like, and we, we're going to make out at our house right. in front of our parents. And we're so in love now. And Especially- if we can't. Sorry. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> you can't ignore the fact that that seems like a horrible couple. They <laughs> <Right? laughs> like, seem awful hey, for each both other. Be volatile people, and like we're gonna do this, and this chilled us both out. I'm sure this will never. Even though when we met, we cuss each other out every single time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's so interesting that that they end on the like love like, and then there's a little bit of like a it's fine now when both characters have to all our knowledge, from what I can remember, uh, have been in love, and clearly that hasn't turned out. Mm-hmm. Right. Fixed right. everything. Or, <laughs> yeah. like, been the happily ever after. Yeah. Um, but... Well, her husband died, so... Oh, I didn't get that in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I think that probably is just, like, a leftover... Again, I mean, this movie's, like, almost 10 years old now, so that's probably, like, a leftover idea of, like, if you are mentally ill, it is because you're specifically missing something in your life, whether that be love or friendship. And having that would magically cure your mental illness when it might ease it, it might help you, but it's not going to completely take away your thoughts and feelings if you are that way. Um, I'm going to circle back to the therapist for a second. Yeah. Yeah. There's, There's a lot. There's a lot. I think that... Yes, there were probably some irresponsible choices made in terms of playing the song. You know, the the smart way to handle it would have been in the room where it was just the two of them. But we don't know what um, what kind of therapist the therapist is. I mean, if he's you know a psychiatrist, a psych, you know, and 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 an analyst, you know, just and there's so many yeah. varieties. Yeah. So for him to kind of be like, okay, well do that if that's working for you do that that might be the type of therapy he does and from my own experience when you go in and talk to a therapist and say this is my game plan they're not going to be like whoa 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 they're going to be like okay if you think this is going to work for you you are going to do this for this week and then you are going to come back next week and you are going to tell me if it was successful or if you are worse and so it didn't seem unrealistic to me for him to be like okay if you think this is going to work for you you know, you know, dancing with Tiffany or, you know, 
uh, writing these letters to your wife, then I'm going to, my job is to support you to figure out what you need to do to get to the next day. Um, in terms of um, the love fixes everything kind of approach to it, I didn't get that feeling from it simply because if it was a function of love fixes everything, then I feel like Tiffany would not have had the problems that she had. Tiffany would have been some mousy librarian, you know, who found him like, you know, sitting on the street corner one day crying and been like, I can fix you. And the fact that neither of them are trying to fix each other, they're like, you're going to do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. We're going to butt heads, but we're going to find this connection in the fact that you were the only person uh, in my circle of people, friends, family that can understand that there's something going on in my brain that I can't always control. Um, and, and that is kind of what brings them together. And that's kind of what uh, kind of, I would say mollifies or pacifies, you know, their problems. I don't imagine that they don't have issues, you know, since, you know, the movie does theoretically continue after we are no longer watching it. I imagine there are probably a lot of broken dishes in that house. <laughs> um, but I think because they each have a game plan, they each have a thing that they know will help them. For Tiffany, it's the dancing. She, you know, she took the insurance money. She built that studio because she recognized that she needed to do something to, you know, that was more healthy than sleeping around um, to help her kind of deal with her issues. And for Pat, it's, you know, I'm going to read all of the syllabus and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to, you know, find that silver lining. I'm going to try and look at the good things in life every day. Um, so those don't equate to me as, you know, the woman comes in and fixes the man or the man comes in and fixes the woman or, you know, oh, we're in love and that's, you know, that's that. As for the parents, I think it's an incredibly generational thing and probably also a cultural thing. I mean, the last name is Solitano. I would imagine they're Italian. So I would imagine very much that it's a lot of, we don't talk about this. You don't talk about this. You don't talk about anything. You know, emotions aren't a, a thing that you talk about. Um, Philadelphia too, right? It's yeah. like a tough city. Um, right? You know, especially if you look at the fact that the dad is probably OCD that, you know, may or may not have had any impact on Pat growing up, but that's something that he's clearly still doing as what, 65, 70, however old we're pretending Robert De Niro is, you know, he's obviously not dealing with whatever issues he has. So it's not unreasonable to me that Pat wouldn't know how to deal with what issues he has because he doesn't have necessarily good role models, despite the fact that they tried their best. Mm. One of the, uh, I think hand in hand with the depiction of mental illness is this like, um, this kind of tone that the movie's going for because it's trying to be like romantic, but also funny, but also in a lot of ways troubling and, and also honest. And I think, at times, I've heard criticisms of this movie um, from from groups of people saying that it gives you a little bit of whiplash. Other people say that it's it's really um, it's really uh, spot on in terms of how they are dealing with whatever illness or however they view life like that. Um, so I, I think that's very interesting because it definitely is something a little bit different from what I saw in terms of how the movie feels. Uh, I don't know if any of you had like something you wanted to say about that well it just I felt like I felt very like unfocused while watching it you know I'm trying to watch this okay it's a love story okay just kidding it's this like commentary on mental health just kidding it's a family drama just kidding now there's this subplot where the dad's gonna lose all their savings 
because he's betting money. And I just, yeah, it was hard for me to really invest in any of those one plot points because I wish they had just kind of laser focused on one thing. And that could just be my personal, the way I watch movies. But I don't know. I just, I honestly could have lived without that whole thing about the dad almost losing the money in the restaurant. I feel like the stakes weren't high enough for me to care. Like, I feel like I knew before it even began, like, well, that's fine. Like, they'll be fine. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he, like, lost all his money, and then that's how they got it back. Well, he lost his own money before. And then they let him... He was, like, losing money. He was hemorrhaging money for a while. And then there was the one bet that basically lost, like, all the rest of it. Yeah. Right. And then that that thing. Yeah, it's definitely a way... The parlay, the double or nothing. It's definitely, like, a B or C plot storyline that's, like, we're going to amp up this dance yeah. stakes so it's a thousand things so we can have the parents like cheering in the background so just that didn't feel important to me and I don't know if it's because I feel like during a lot of those scenes they were really trying to focus on like the light comedic aspect of like look how silly these these old men are like arguing over football and like money and stuff but it, yeah. it, it, it didn't it kind of missed me that it's literally like this family's savings are about to get lo- mm-hmm. like lost because the dad with OCD like is betting all of his money on very like, specific things. On, like, superstition. And yeah. Like I think that's just how they handled everything in the movie. Like, the melted illness, the betting, that it's like, oh, ha, ha. But you're like, but aren't you thinking at the same time? And you're like, I don't know if I am, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I felt unfocused. There's only, there were certain things I enjoyed watching more than others, and I definitely found myself even just like fast forwarding through some parts because I was like, yeah. oh, this scene, I don't care about. It was like a pick your own adventure no. <laughs> type of situation. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just skip to this one that I like. We're going to go to the next one. That's so. how I, that's why I only watched 52 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was it was like, a random 52 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, how'd the tone work for you? Um, I It worked fine for yeah. me. I think that it was on the more comedic side than say going, Oh, we're making a black comedy or kind mm-hmm. of making a dramedy. Um, but that felt tied into the approach of kind of saying, Hey, people with mental illness are just like us. Um, and also they deserve love and you know, their lives function virtually the same way that everybody else is. They just have this one thing that, you know, is kind of causing some issues. And so I think that, um, having it be light, having it be um, more of a comedy, you know, than anything else, really also felt like a shift from every other movie I've seen that deals with mental illness mm-hmm. that seems extremely judgmental of it. And yeah. like this person is, there's something wrong with them and they shouldn't be a functioning member of society at all. Uh, versus his tone, which was more like, hey, there's something going on with them. We're going to try and, you know, not be judgmental about it. We're going to, you know, maybe make light of it in a way that, you know, can rub people the wrong way, but it's more about making sure that we understand that, um, they shouldn't be, you know, shifted to where we can't see them ever and pretend that they don't exist. Um, and I think by approaching it as a comedy or as more lighthearted, it was make trying, it was an attempt to make it more accessible to the general public who has a, um, an experience of seeing mental illness movies as, things that are much more dramatic and much more like this person shouldn't be, you know, around anybody ever mm-hmm. and lock them away and we'll pretend that they've just gone on a camping trip. 
Yeah, I just, I can't quite put my finger on it, honestly, which makes me a bad roaster, but just something about <laughs> the the comedy for me fell flat. Like, I didn't find, like, I, could, I couldn't quite, like, read what they were trying to do, and then when they were trying to be, like, serious and dramatic, it didn't feel, like I said before, the stakes didn't feel high enough. So it was, like, this weird in-between thing of, like, we're trying to be kind of funny, but it's also, we're trying to have, like, this serious thing going on, too, that just didn't strike me personally. I think the comedy almost wasn't dark enough to be funny for me about mm-hmm. mental yeah. illness. Like, I was like, if you were, like, really digging into that and thinking in that way, it, it could be, like, a lot... It should hit you in the gut a little bit more because I do firmly believe that, like, tragedy and comedy are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, nothing hit in the way that, like, something so hilariously tragic and things hilariously tragic about their characters or what they wanted to get with their characters were actually being hit, right? Uh-huh. I was just like, it was like, we're gonna start to go there, but we're still trying to make this so accessible to an audience that maybe doesn't know a lot about mental health that let's keep it just right here. It felt like um, like the term green. I feel like it was kind of green for yeah. me. Yeah. And again, with the stakes not being high enough, because this is like this like upper class, not upper class, but upper middle class type family, I just kept being like, oh, they'll be fine. Like, not not to discount, like, the struggles right. of mental illness. Like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how rich you are, but it, I just kept feeling like, I don't feel like their lives are like, going to yeah, be, like, Yeah, like, the ruined. house is going to be like, taken yeah. away from them. Yeah. <laughs> that house was paid off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that. For yeah, they're actually... Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's Robert it, Yeah, yeah. It's Robert. I don't even think it was, like, the family's life savings. I think it was money that they had set aside to open a restaurant. He, so yeah. it wasn't he, even... Uh, yeah. He cashed out his retirement or, like, oh, his 401 okay. or something mm-hmm. like that. So. For the restaurant. Yeah. And then he lost so, it. So, technically, yeah. they probably would not have been okay in that regard, but... Um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I don't know that the movie ever came off as something to me that required high stakes. I mean, it, um, it wanting to be a lighthearted movie. I think, you know, the creating stakes is more like, Oh, we have to service, um, what is expected of movies, um, by doing that because we can't just have a two hour movie where these people run around and like dance and, you know, there's nothing else. Because then it's gonna... just peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you said it once, you'll say it again. And it's just peanuts, Robert. It's just peanuts. Um, Pat is pig pen. But Sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Who's that make? Uh, Tiffany. Lucy. <laughs> Lucy. Yeah. Death. Um, I think, you know, creating the stakes of like the, um, the money and everything was to lend a little bit more weight to this dance, because I think it was also the, their excuse for like, look, they put in a lot of work on this shitty dance. We need to see this play out now (laughs) versus just going and they competed and you know, it was whatever, nobody cared. You know, they had to actually be like, wait, we need the dance to actually mean something more than just you know, recreational therapy. Um, I can appreciate the attempt to like approach the subject of mental illness with not being so melodramatic and serious like that. That actually is refreshing. Um, It didn't land completely for me, but um, I can appreciate that as like a step in the right direction for its time. Why couldn't the dance have still been high stakes? Because Nikki showed up. 
like, why did we need the bet, right? Like, that scene could have just yeah. been the high-stakes moment, right? And she actually is there. Then what happens, you know? I mean, which would have been even more typical rom-com, but mm-hmm. they could have played with that more versus adding in this extra layer of, like, oh, there's a football game, and yeah. we need to open a Philly cheesesteak restaurant. Yeah, I almost feel like I was, like, expecting the romantic comedy formula, so then when they tried to be like, just kidding, we're going to subvert your expectations, yeah. it almost, like threw me off like you're talking about getting whiplash I was like whoa wait a minute okay right <laughs> and it just didn't didn't land for me um I don't know <laughs> uh I would I would say that part of it was also at least for me it seemed like the fact that they were like okay we need to tell him that uh that Nikki's gonna be there so he will compete mm-hmm. um if it was just about Nikki being there and not also about the bet, they wouldn't need to convince him to compete by going, but Nikki might be there. If it was just about like either Nikki showing up or him already knowing that Nikki will be there because we know, you know, we as the audience know, everybody knows because they've invited her, but there's no um, driving force of, you know, him feeling the pressure of if I fuck this up, if we fuck this up, my father's life savings is gone and who knows what they'll do. Um, you know, the lie of Nikki being there is the kind of motivation to get him to actually participate in something that he's like, this has gone too far. This is crazy. Um, if it's just about showing off for Nikki, I don't know that that's high stakes enough. It would have mm-hmm. to, you know, it, I feel like it would result in like the two of them throwing down on the dance floor because Nikki, you know, not dancing. Um, <laughs> I was like, that would be cool. Fire, yeah. Yeah. I would have dance off. Uh, that's <laughs> my feeling. Dance time. off. hundred percent more um, dance off. Right. But I think it would have turned into something that was like too far to the extreme of ridiculousness. Where like maybe Nikki would be like, "Yeah, I want him back," and you know, "Bitch, he's my man. We're still married." And right. that would have just been something mm-hmm. totally different and not what they were going for. Yeah, I mean, it's just like why not then just use the game and the bet as a way to like, oh, this family's now come together, right? Like brother and him work through differences, all this. Yeah. I don't think they necessarily would have had to get to a fight at the end of that, um, Nikki and Tiffany, but it's like, what would that have looked like? Would that have like thrown back all this progress they made together? Maybe that's where it could have come even sooner in the movie, right? And then we would have gotten to see more of how these two people's relationship developed within their like mental illness and all these external factors that are happening around them, um, which I think would have been a more interesting movie and given us more like depth to that mental illness aspect and um, that everyday life of what it's going to look like after they've like done all these things. Some of those issues fall back on the source material. I mean, it was a novel. And so you kind of got to go, well, what did the the writer, you know, the original, you know, writer leave us with? Um, and having read the book, it oh, okay. it, oh, I was it ends it, it ends differently. Okay, um, but it also ends very much in the sense that um, you know they do the dance and that is it, and you know you don't know what happens to them. So it's not a function okay. of having a blueprint of going. Okay, well we see months or years of their relationship afterward. It's it's all about like the f- initial steps of getting back into society and whether it's dating or just making a connection with somebody, friendship, whatever it is, it's how you work back into being considered a person that somebody can be around. Mm-hmm. Um, whether okay. it's like that person not being judgmental of you or you not posing a threat to somebody. Right. 
Yeah. They should have pulled an HBO and gone beyond the book. On that final note of dropping the credit of having read the book, yes. we will unmask. And so let's start with Alexandra. How do you really feel? I I really like this movie. I think a lot of why I like the movie is that I saw it at the right time in the right place. I mean, mm. it is it's a flawed movie. There are a lot of issues with it, but it it hit me in the feels. Mm. Um like I said earlier, it reminds me a lot of the kind of 30s and 40s movies that I grew up watching. But one of the things that I appreciated about it was going, you know, going back to that dance where they sucked, right? They were not yeah. great. Yeah. If this movie had been made in the 30s or 40s, it would have been, you know, starring dancers yeah. and they would have gotten tens across the board. Yeah. And so I appreciated that they weren't going for something that was so easy with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I just, I think the cast is great. I think uh, the chemistry between all the cast is great. Uh, soundtrack has one of my favorite bands on it. So that, you know, helps with that. So. Star is one of my favorite bands, Bradley Cooper. Alyssa. I'm pretty middle of the road on this movie, to be honest. I saw it at the right place, right time, 2012, cried my eyes out. Then somewhere between then and now, I was like, I hate that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Then I watched it today, actually. I watched it today. It was just so long. Something about, actually, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper really don't match to me. So I have a lot of trouble investing in their, like, romance it's just like doesn't ever connect and does she ever tell him her age no no she's just like i'm old enough enough. yeah and i was like that's and then he's still like you look young but all right (laughs) and um theodore russell's like i'm getting around this with this great line and then i'm gonna cast her in my next movie as Um, like 20 years younger right (laughs) but i do what i will say is I ended up back on the fence today or like pretty indifferent about it because I do love when movies just give you everything you want at the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like yeah. the end of Parks and Rec. There, I was yeah. like, yeah. okay, <laughs> you know what? Yes, I wanted all this to happen, but I just, none of the characters I loved as much by the time I got to the end of, the, well, that's a show, but yeah. right? And so I think that's where it kind of like kind of lags for me, so. Yeah. Katie? Um, I'm also pretty indifferent about this movie and I've kind of gone on an emotional roller coaster since watching it. So I watched it yesterday and was like, I hate this movie, kind of. I was like, I fell asleep, to be perfectly honest, I fell asleep for like 15 minutes in the middle of the movie and woke up and was like, it's still on. Um, So I didn't like it, fully prepared to just like tear it apart today. And then I kept like thinking about it today and like reading more about it. And I was like, oh God, it has some, it's redeeming. It's, it's charm. There are some very charming parts and I think you know their story is sweet I I actually do really like that even though I compared her to like the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl (laughs) I do like that it doesn't feel like he's like obsessed and completely dependent on her like his mental state is not dependent on her being in his life he just Mm -hmm. decides that he likes having her in his life and it's helpful to him yeah so um yeah so it's all right it's all right (laughs) Kevin yeah, I think I like. I think I like this movie. Um, <laughs> I like it at least almost half of it. I like fifty two minutes of this movie. Right. No, 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 uh, no. I, I like this movie. I've seen it a couple times, um, both in twenty twelve and, and since. Um, I'm I'm always wary of like when um, big name things that deal with mental illness mm-hmm. and that becoming like that mental illness becoming like emblematic of of that. And I'm always sensitive to that. I think I do think at this time, 
it does a pretty good job of at least opening that door a little bit, yeah. at least in a Hollywood way for it. I, I, what I appreciate most about this movie, I think, in terms of that, is it's more eye level on these characters and mental illness rather than looking down on like all of mental illness. It's not all about whether they're going to commit suicide or not. It's about them trying to be just real people. Um, I'm trying to I, sleep, and he yeah. shut up about Ernest. Right, <laughs> I, I like that a lot. I like I, I like I like that a lot, and I I think some of the other things that the movie reaches for the generational thing, which I appreciate the, the sentiment. I don't think it's fleshed out enough. Mm. Um, I'd like mm-hmm. to see more of that, and um, I do think that what it builds to is very Hollywood. But I think there's enough there before that to make it worthwhile. Um, but I just I don't like that that ending at that much. Oh. Um, but I get I get it I get why it's there because if it's not there it's just the big love peanuts. It's just, it's just peanuts. <laughs> it's just peanuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I uh, I think it holds up. I really like it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm pretty much there with you. Where it's like, I think in like five at least five years this movie will seem dated. In terms of the way it uh, approaches mm-hmm. mental illness, I think right? things have done it better since. Yes, right. yeah. Yeah. yes, I agree. And so I think that um, I don't know. This one kind of popped the top of that of that can, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so like um, maybe it was the can was shaken up, and so now a lot more different ways to look at it are coming out. Yeah, there. Does that make sense? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, other than that, though, I really do like um, the way that like all the storylines do kind of coalesce mm-hmm. at the end in the, the ballroom building or whatever, um, where it's like, yeah, the dad's got stakes on the line, and mm-hmm. Tiffany does too, and Nikki is there, and Pat really <laughs> has a, It's kind of the linchpin to all this stuff. Yeah. Is it all going to work out? And so um, that's what... I think that that... Like, the, all the building towards that part of the movie is what I really like about it. Like, I think that it is organized really well. In a, and like in a way that like I haven't seen a David O. Russell movie since that is done that well, and so yeah, um, I don't know. I still dig it. Um, but um, yeah, so we are gonna um, continue on and record our extended play post show after this. Thank you all for being here, um, and we're gonna keep talking about Silver Lines Playbook and whatever the hell else. And so um, if you want to continue listening to more, head over to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash24FlamesPod, and you can get the extended play for this show and all the other shows and a bunch of other fun stuff um, for. In all fairness, not very much money, okay? So <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So we would, and also you just help support the show and all the fun stuff that we're doing. So um, go and check it out over there. If you have thoughts about Silver Lions Playbook that we didn't get to that you want to, I, I don't know, discuss more with us, you can find us on social media at 24flamespod. You can also email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com. And wherever you listen to your podcast, go and leave a rating, review, subscribe. So do it. Uh, whether it's in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever the hell you listen, I don't know. Um, go and do it because it helps more people find the show and it gives us feedback that we use to make the show better. And so, yeah, um, I think that is all my wrap up stuff. I know Alyssa had something to plug. Oh, yeah, you can catch me on the roll up. It's a leafly podcast um, about cannabis news, comes out every Friday. Ooh. Um, does anybody else? Katie. 
Oh, yeah, you can catch me playing video games badly at Mixer.com slash SkatyB. Yeah, I seen her playing Resident Evil. She was bad at it. I was really bad, and I got really scared. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, um, other than that, what is next week's episode? The Purge, to celebrate uh, Jordan Peele's long-awaited home invasion follow-up to Get Out Us. We're going to be talking about The Purge next week. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully you come back and listen to us then. Um, other than that, that's it, everybody. We'll catch you then. Bye! Bye! Bye. Yeah.